First Peter chapter two. Uh, let's start at verse number one. We'll read a little bit, and I'm going to try to close all this up tonight. We've been looking at the spiritual sacrifices. I'm going to try to tie it all in together tonight and close this series out. Uh, with three little things that I needed to talk about just for a moment. But uh, I hope you've gotten help from it. I really do, because uh, uh, it means a lot that uh, you look at the Word of God and apply it to your life. And if you're not applying the Word of God to your life, then really you're wasting your time especially the very first sacrifice that we have to do. It said, uh, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, all hypocrisy and envies, and all evil speaking. Boy, that just covers about everything that we can think of and possibly do right there. I mean, just lay it all aside. He said, get rid of it. He said in verse 2, As newborn babes desires the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow by. Uh, let me pause there for a minute. I know we use this verse for uh, someone who's just got born again, someone just came into faith and, uh, uh, and got saved, but I, I believe that he's also talking to those that's been saved for many years. It, it doesn't matter how old you are in the Lord, you should always have this overwhelming appetite like a baby does for the things of God. And we should uh, have the instinct Instatable uh, the desire, an insatiable desire uh, for more of the things of the Lord. Now I understand this. We have heard so much. We have heard, uh, 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 read so much, and uh, we have gotten been to church so much, and 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 you, you can almost think of it. Uh, well, it becomes old news to you. It's no longer exciting to me when I read the Bible. I, I just, I just, and when I go to church, it's, it's just going through that routine. But may we ask the Lord to give us an appetite for the things of God. When was it the last time you as a seasoned Christian, a seasoned child of God, before you got to church... He said, Lord, I am hungry. And I don't care if anybody else is not hungry. I want to be filled. I, I never won't get to the point where I say, well, it, it's just church. Well, it's just preaching. The Bible said, uh, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God help us become once again newborn babes in our mentality. It's a newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow by, thereby. If so, be ye have tasted the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a lively stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. And here's our verse that we've been laying on for Three, four weeks now. Ye also of lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the reading of your word. We ask you to bless it. 
Help each heart tonight. Help us be what we need to be. Lord, help us to draw closer to you and desire the things of you more in our life than we ever had before. And we'll praise you. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor in all things that we do. In Jesus' name we say, pray. Amen. We know that when God saved you, He did it with a purpose. It's to serve Him. We were called out to be a royal priesthood, holy priesthood. Revelations 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins, in his own blood, boy, we're talking about that blood again, and have made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 9 also says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seal thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of the every kindred, every tongue, and every people and nation has made us unto our God, kings, and priests that we shall reign on earth with him. You are a royal priesthood tonight. You notice in both verses they said uh, it, it, it was the blood that made us that way. Boy, I love that blood. <laughs> we had been covered by the blood. That's what made us kings, and that's what made us royalty. And it's also made us holy priesthood tonight. You ain't nothing without the blood of Jesus Christ tonight. I cannot do anything for God in my flesh except the blood had been applied to my life. And when the blood was applied, I became something that I could not become on my own. We looked at the spiritual sacrifices the last five weeks, I think it has been. You may ask, is there any more uh, than the five that we looked at? Uh, why is it closing out tonight? Because uh, it's certainly got to be more than that. No. There ain't no more than that. That's it. That's all. The problem is so many Christians are trying to complicate the Christian life. They're, 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 they, they never seem to find uh, success in the Christian walk. And I say God has made it simple for dummies like me. It's not rocket science. You want to know how the spiritual sacrifices work? It's like this. We said, present your body as a living sacrifice. That means your mouth. That means your mind. That means your heart. That means your eyes. That means your lips. That means your hands. That means your feet. You submit those things, and it covers all the other things together. When you submit your body, and it says, be not conformed to this world. Be ye separated. So don't act like them. Don't walk like them. Don't talk like them. Don't dress like them. And all those things we just read, it covers all the fruits of the Spirit and even covers lying, enviness, and, and jealousy. 
Then he said, praise the Lord. Give God the praise. Praise no matter where you're at. We seem that we think praising God is strictly confined to the four walls of the house, but it's not. You ought to praise God everywhere. You ought to tell people what God has done for you. And let me just say this, and I'm going to get to the message in just a minute. If you start telling people what God has done for you, it'll do something down inside of you that you got to start praising Him, thanking Him for what He's done. A lot of us have not remembered what God has done in our lives, and we don't praise Him enough. You're to sing for the Lord. You're to witness for the Lord. Provide monetary money for the Lord. We, we're supposed to do those things. You provide for the ministry, you provide for the church. We, we're supposed to do these things. And then we're supposed to pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray for the will of God. you do those things, you'll start seeing the hand of God working in your life. If you do those things consistently and faithfully, you'll find peace of God in your life. You'll find the fulfillment of God in your life. And the growth that you desire to live in for Him. You, you, you can't look deeper than what God has already given us. There, there's not a deeper truth. And I understand there are those that uh, uh, you can sit down and carry on a conversation. I have carried on conversation with these guys. And, and really, they, they really talk at this level. I mean, they can uh, expound on every verb and every adjective and every noun and every period in the Bible. Well, God put that period there for this reason. I just thought it was the end of the sentence. <laughs> and they'll, they'll expound to you on the sons of God in Genesis chapter 6. They'll tell you about the first, second, and third heaven. I mean, they, they, they got all this knowledge on how to take the Word of God and read the Word of God and expound on everything in it. But they have no common sense to do the basic things that God has called them to do. And they, they, they're always looking for that elusive butterfly. Trying to find something in the Word of God and say, Hey, I found something new. Can I say there's nothing new in the Word of God? There's nothing new in it. It's the same. It has not changed. It's the blood that saves. It's the grace of God. It's the will of God. That has not changed. It stays the same. Amen. So let me give you three quick things tonight and we'll close this series out. I don't know if you got help from it, but it's helped me. I think I've gotten closer to God when God brought me to where I need to be at. And I got another series on the, sitting in the launching pad to get launched out. And I just don't know whether to do it on Sunday night or Wednesday night or Monday, Sunday morning. I don't know. So. We'll see on how it goes. But the first thing, uh, if we're looking at these spiritual sacrifices that we have, the first thing you need to know that uh, you need to have excitement about them. You need to be excited about it. You need to be excited about your job. 
We know that 1 Peter is the book of suffering. You read through all out the book, uh, 1 Peter, you talk about suffering. The word suffering in some shape or form or fashion is mentioned over 16 times in this little five-chapter book. But it's not all about suffering. You watch some Christians trying to do their job and spiritual priesthood and you would think that uh, uh, that's what the Christian life walk is about. Oh, woe is me. That doom and agony and despair all over me. They, they've got a face that just, I don't know, I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to do the things of God, but somehow or another it's just doom and gloom in my life. But it's not just suffering. Some people think that to get to the point they want to quit because it's so hard on their life. If the Christian life is so bad as some Christians portray it to be, why in the world would you want to live for God? Why? But here in this book, it has a lot of suffering, but watch, watch what else it has. First Peter chapter 5 who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, chapter, wherein ye greatly rejoice. Greatly rejoice. Up to this point, up to this point, Peter has not mentioned any type of suffering. Peter is not mentioning suffering. He's, he's mentioning rejoicing in the Christian life. Before Peter ever brings up the point that there's going to be trouble in your life and, and because there's going to be problems in your life when you're serving God, the first thing that Peter lets us know that we can rejoice in the Lord. We can enjoy the good things of God and have a, a, a merry heart in the midst of sufferings in this world. Verse 8, Whom having not seen ye loved, and whom though ye now you see him not, yet believing ye rejoice, and joy unspeakable, and full of glory. Chapter 3, verse 14 says, But And if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. Chapter 4, verse 13, But rejoice inasmuch as you partakers of Christ's suffering, that ye, when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceedingly joy. If you reproach by the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory of God resteth upon you. See, there's another overwhelming thing that goes on in 1 Peter. It's not just the Christian life is all about suffering. And you are going to suffer in the Christian life. Don't get me wrong, you are. But there's also rejoicing in the Christian life. There is happiness in the Christian life. There's joy and gladness in the Christian life. What I'm trying to get across to you, this job that God has called us to do, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, Give God praise, tithing and praying. It should never get to the point where you say it's just a job. 
I'm just going through the motions because that's all I'm doing. It should never get to the place where you've gotten, uh, get to where you hate doing your job. And here again, here we go again, preaching again, singing again. We're at church again. It seems like it gets over and over and over. We ought to thank God that we are in the service of God tonight. Amen. We are in the work of God. We get to live for God. We get to give for God. We get to worship God. We get to pray to God. It's not a job. It's joy. Stop looking at this as a terrible thing in your life. We ought to have some excitement about serving God, working for God. The Gallup poll took a survey, and out of this world, there's one billion full-time workers in this world. One billion. I didn't think, man, that's a lot of people. And out of that one billion, it, it really floored me when I read this, out of that one billion, only 15% are happy with their jobs. 85% people get up in the morning and go to work Hating their job. Hating their job. And I got to thinking about it, and I got to looking at it, and I read the survey, and they said they list the things of why these people hate their job. I, I believe it's worse in the Baptist denomination than in public work, but I believe it's in the Baptist churches today. I, I would say out of the 100%, that have been called by God, only 10% are probably loving their job. How do you know that? By the expression on their faces when you preach to them. I know, I see a lot of strange faces in churches. They gave the reason like why they didn't like the job. I wonder, do you like your job tonight? The number one reason they, that they didn't like the job was because of their boss. Anybody ever had a job that you just did not go to because the boss? The number one reason why they hated their job because they had to go work for somebody they just did not like. Hmm. I can tell you my boss has never done me wrong. Never said anything wrong. He's done right by me. He's done, he's done nothing but good for me. That, that's my boss. He's the best boss in the world. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. There, there's nobody like Jesus to work for. Amen. And he's been a good boss. He's been a good father good savior a, a, a good shepherd he, he's a good boss tonight they they didn't like the job because they didn't like the boss y'all like your boss tonight they didn't like their boss because of the colleagues they didn't like the job because of the colleagues the people they went to work with I see Baptists all over this. 
we come to church, there's no joy in our heart to begin with because we don't like coming to church all the time. I don't like to read all the time. I don't like to preach all the time. I don't like to do that all the time. So we come with a face of like, here we go again. And then you sit down beside somebody and you look over at them and they look at you like, Now both of you are going, I don't like them. We, we get, we, that's in the back. I'm talking, this is more, I'm looking at it as being a Baptist thing here, the reason why. We don't like the people we're sitting in the pews with. We've got problems with people that we sit in church with. I don't like them over there. They don't like them over there. And we all just don't like everybody. And everybody hates the preacher. Amen. I, I know with all the flaws and the faults and failures that we have, I'd rather be around the blood-washed group of people than this world. I understand we've got issues in our life. I understand this. I understand that we've got problems. But understand this. I'd rather be around y'all than those out in that world out there. Those that love the King James Bible, those that love the preaching and love seeing sinners get saved, I'd rather be around y'all. I'd, I'd rather be that. I, I like my boss and I like my coworkers. Amen. They said they didn't like to commute. They said it was a long haul on the journey. I won't lie to you. It's a long haul. It's a long haul. But I know where I'm heading. The way may get long and it may get rough. But thank God there's a payday someday. And I know what's waiting for me on the other side. The commute is worth it tonight. They said, the, uh, the next reason they said they hated uh, going to work because of the stagnant growth. They had watched their careers didn't grow anymore. They, it stopped. Can I say if you have gotten to a place in your Christian life where you are stagnated, you're not growing, and, and the Word of God is being preached to you day in and day out, and you're reading your Bible, and every time somebody steps in his pulpit, they're giving you the Word of God. If you are not growing, your fault. Don't come running to me and say, well, you didn't give me what I needed to grow. It's your fault. That you're stagnating, that you don't want to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's your fault. It's not God's fault. He gave you every possible thing that you could do. Yeah. Sound like Baptist churches, don't it? Let me give you some other reasons why they say they hated their job. And see if you don't apply this to the Baptist church today. Now, nah, let's don't look at Baptist church. Let's just look at our church. Let's just look at our church. One, poor attitude. Woo. 
the employees cannot create a bad air at work. If they aren't willing to try to be happy, they never will. People come to church and don't want to be happy. You ain't going to get happy. You're not looking to get happy. Some people come to church with their minds already made up. I ain't happy about it. Do me a favor. If you're like that, before you walk through the door and you're not happy, you're at the church, please do not come in. Please do not come in. Because all you're doing is dragging somebody else down. You don't need, I don't need for somebody to drag me down because you're not happy you're here. I come happy, and I don't want to stand with somebody. Well, you know what? Get out of my face. I don't need that. Baptist, this church, amen. I'm just telling you, look at our church. Don't look at other churches. Just look at ours. See if we can't correct some of our problems. Overworking. is another big issue. There's only so much that one person can do. Only so much. And when somebody starts burning the wick at both ends, it's likely they're going to fall. Likely you're going to fall. I've been there. I know what I'm, I, I have been there. You try to do too much, and you're going to fall on your face. I, I think there's enough work for everybody to do. If it ain't, then everybody get a shovel and you'll just hold one shovel of dirt and we'll be over with. Ethics. It's things that we can never agree on. Things that we can never agree on. Some people have their morals on a very high standard and expect everybody else to meet your standard. That's the problem in a lot of churches, not this, this church and every church you come into because everybody's judging everybody else by your standard. And let me just say this. If you come into church, the only standard you need to judge yourself with, compare yourself with, is his standard. Don't look at everybody else. That's Baptist, all, that's Baptist written all over that one. <laughs> here's, the, here's the one I really liked that. I said, man, this was me. Jealousy. Can be a big factor in being unhappy in church. Some people are so fixated on what others have, that they forget what God has done for them because they're fixated on what God has done for others. I wanted to be a singer. I can remember as a kid in my great-grandmother's house, I don't know, 29 out there, and I... I, I, I Heard Elvis Presley for the first time. And they, they had actually put a little box in the living room there. And I climb on that box and just a little bitty old thing. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. 
crying all the time. And everybody like, hey, hey, hey. I said, man, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a singer. Until everybody said, you can't sing. You can't sing. I said, God, help me to be a singer. He said, you can't sing. You just preach and let the singing for those who can. I said, okay. They're, they're happy. You ought to be happy. Look, turn to Second Chronicles with me right quick. I'm not going to keep you long. I didn't think I would. Anyway. Second Chronicles, chapter 5. Look how, uh, watch how the Old Testament priests had excitement in their job. Uh, they were excited about what they were doing. In verse number 13, And it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard and praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted their voices with thunders and cymbals and instruments and music and praised the Lord, saying, For this he is good, for this mercy endure forever, that their house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of these people were working for an earthly king. And they were happy about it. They were working for King Solomon and they enjoyed what they were doing. They enjoyed their job so much in serving the king. How much more should you and I have the joy in serving our king? We should have joy in serving our king. Look at chapter 9 of 2 Chronicles. Talking about having excitement in your service of God. Verse number 3. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, and in meat at his table and his sitting at his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, and cupbearers also in their apparel and his accent and by which he went unto the house, the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believe not their words until I came and my eyes have seen it, and behold, one half of the greatness of thy wisdom not, was not told to me, for thou exceeded, exceeded the fame that I have heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are thy, these thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear their wisdom. She said, you got some happy people here. You got some happy servants. I wonder if that could be said about the people of the church today. I, I don't want to become some old grouchy pastor. Not happy about anything. Not happy about serving God. I, I love what I do. I, I love what I do. We're all called to serve the Lord as priests. They should look at us and say, there are some happy people over there. I wonder what people do they see in you. I wonder what they see in you when they come to church. 
It should, it, be, it should be something that's odd and strange because you're in church and you're happy and you're smiling and you're praising God. We've got frowns on our faces. We ought, to, we ought to show the excitement in our lives that we're serving a risen Savior. And it should not just be on a, on a flick of a switch. It should be all the times in our life that we're serving God and happy. We ought to be happy. If it was the Bible was calling the church to be a church, we'd all be happy and that's what the Bible says, happy is the church. Talking about having joy in the church. Do you have excitement in the church tonight? Don't hate your job. There, there should be excitement in our jobs. We ought to have energy to do our job. Listen, if you're trying to do all these things that we've been talking about, the sacrifices, the, the praying, the, 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 the giving, and all, all those things... And if you're trying to do it in the power of the flesh, you're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to get burned out. You're going to be a burned out Christian, a mean Christian, a mad Christian, depressed, discouraged Christian. The only way that you can do all these things that we talked about is through the power of God. In, in Exodus, and we won't go back there, but in Exodus, the very first thing the priests did to do their jobs that they were called to do, the very first thing they did, they got anointed. And that oil is a picture of salvation, a picture of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened to us. When we got saved again, the Holy Spirit came down on us. When it came out of Egypt, the Passover blood of the Lamb and when they came out of Egypt, the Bible said they anointed them with the holy anointing oil. And the Bible says the oil is a picture of the Holy Ghost. You have been anointed with the Holy Ghost. And if you try to do all these things that we've talked about in the power of the flesh, you're going to wear yourself out. You need something greater than you, and it has to be Him inside of you. Listen, nothing in church happens unless the Holy Ghost makes it happen. 1 John, but anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that only may teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things. And this, what is the truth, and there's no lie. And even as he had taught you, you shall abide in him. John said it, there is an anointing that you receive from the Lord. And if you try to do the work of God in your flesh, there's not an anointing in your life. You'll not last long. I've seen Christians get burned out quick. And the reason why they get burned out quick is because they're trying to do everything in the power of the flesh. They haven't asked God to fill them with the Spirit of God. You can't do the work without the Holy Spirit guiding you and directing you and filling you. That's why God sent him to us. And it goes back, desire the sincere milk of the word. You've got to have the right intake. 
Don't let your intake get clogged up with the things of the world and you lose your energy. You've got, you got to have energy to do this job. And I'll vouch for that. You get, you, get, you get wore out. I get wore out sometimes. And I just have to ask God to keep filling me. Keep filling me. So we, we see that you've got to have excitement to do this job. We also know the need you've got to have an energy to do this job. But also you've got to be equipped to do this job. And can I say this? You have already been equipped to do this job. God has already equipped you to sacrifice like you need to. How do you know that? Present your body as a living sacrifice. He equipped you. Look, it looks like to me everybody in here is breathing. Maybe. Someone's got your eyes closed. Maybe. I don't know. Look, looks like he's equipped you with the body. He has equipped us. He's equipped you to praise. Everybody got lips in here. Everybody's breathing. Let everything that have breath, let him praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You've been equipped. Then God expects us to give. You say, well, I don't have much tonight to give. I don't have anything I need to give. I can't give. I would love to give. I would love to give what God, I would just love to, to give to God, but I can't because I don't have a job, I don't have this and all that. Let me ask you this question. And if you're in that case, and I, and I don't know your life, I don't know, but if you're in that case, why don't you do this? Go to the altar and say, Lord, I want to tithe. Give me a job so that I can give back to you what you gave me. Ask God to give you a job. He says, well, I don't know. If you asked, God will give. You have not because you asked not. Amen. You, you, you said, I, I want to tithe. Well, uh, ask God to give you a job and tithe on what God gives you. Right, man? And I believe in tithing. I, don't, I think I've said it before, but I do truly believe in tithing. I think, I, 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 let me say this. I think we have a church for the smaller church that we have. I think we've got people that tithe. I think we got people that tithe. That's, 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 not, that's a tribute to you believing what God has told us to do. Amen? Amen. And then he said he, he equipped you because you got a body, body and he equipped you because you got lips you can praise God. And God has given everybody in here time to pray. Every one of us has time to pray. So you've been equipped to do the job that God has called you to do. God loves each and every one of us. He has equipped each and every one of us to do what he's called us to do. God loves a cheerful giver. And that's just not money. That is praise. That's giving of your body. And that's to have joy and praying. So God has called us. The question is tonight, are you doing the job that you are called to do? Are you? 
And if you're doing the job that you're called to do, and you're happy about it, please tell your face. <laughs> Put a smile on sometimes. Walk through the door and go, praise the Lord. Let everybody know that you're happy that you're saved, born again, on your way to heaven, and you're serving God. Amen?